Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Sean, joined, as always, by my brother, Ian. Ian, it's, uh, it's been a while. It's a little hiatus over the holidays. Uh, a lot going on, obviously, here in Canada and, and elsewhere. But when we came back, we had to come back strong. Who's joining us today? I mean, it's no real excuse. It's no real excuse. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm having a kid in 10 weeks, nine and a half weeks, something like that. It's really sneaking up. So I've been using that as like a, oh, you know, I got to get myself prepared excuse, but no excuse. We got to bring you the heat. And you know what? We're going to talk some football. We have uh, Coach Colville with us here and Murph is back. So we got to talk football, fellas. Like it, it feels like it's been too, too long. What were your first initial thoughts of opening weekend? Joe Burrow is really good at football. I, that team is so much fun to watch. I, I, I want to bring that up because I kind of want to gas up Brian a little bit because I want to hear him talk about this team because I think it's awesome that he finally got to send a text message about a Bengals playoff win. Like, I think my that life. Yeah, first time in your That's life. The, you do wow. it. That's incredible. It's the first time anybody's ever text, texted a Bengal playoff win. That's why I told you to send the text like right when the game ended because you had a chance of being the first ever. <laughs> oh, it was, it was awesome. Fired up. Well, it's like walking on the moon, but it's texting. Now it's going to get the Reds going. Well, speaking of opening One weekend, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with opening weekend. We were, we were going to do some fantasy stuff, but we'll go to that to kind of split up what was the weekend that was and what is the weekend that is going to be. So let's start with this one then. Did the Bengals win or did the Raiders get host? Because I think it's a legit question. Should, that, should Tyler Boyd's touchdown have counted? Yes, it should have counted. Like, I understand the whistle. Like I get that. You, that but, you mean you mean that item that stops play? Yeah, but the, but again, the <laughs> whistle the whistle was a mistake, oh, right? Mistake. So like, yes. if the whistle blows and the play's dead, and Tyler Boyd, who by the way is always open, is open in the end zone, right? And he throws it to him. Like that whistle is an errant whistle. That was the mistake. Either way, because of the ineptitude of the officiating, one team or another was going to get hosed. And to me. I felt Cincinnati was the better team. They made some young kind of dumb mistakes down the stretch, but they were the better team. So if any team was going to get hosed, let it be the team that employed John Gruden for three years. Let it be that team. Now, Connor. No, they did not get hosed. Now, Connor, did they get hosed? I don't think they did. I mean, Boyd was open either way. Like, if they don't blow the whistle, Boyd's open. It's a touchdown. So I'm mean, always just, open. Uh, uh, you, uh, yes, as Bengals a Bengals fan, fan, you can jump as in. a yes. as a Bengals fan, I don't think the touchdown should have counted. You could clearly see Trevon Mayrig stop playing when he heard the whistle. Um, and he like I, I don't who knows if he would have got a hand on the ball or or whatever, but he was covering Tyler Boyd and he stopped playing when he heard the whistle. But I mean, in saying that, the Bengals were the better team for the first half. The second half was a little bit closer, but you know the Bengals were clearly better when they had Hendrickson in the game and they had Oak and Joby in the game. Those guys got hurt and Vegas kind of got back in the game, but it's also something. So like if, if that doesn't count, they kick the field goal. Exactly. And then you don't know what happens after that. Right. So it's to say, was it a bad call? Yeah. Does it change the outcome? Who knows? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Very high probability. It doesn't though. So that's where I think that you hit on both two points. I use the word hosed. It was kind of obviously I'm leading someone to try and say something funny and get you all riled up. But I, I do think that, no, the Raiders didn't get host. They were not the better football team. They did not deserve to win. And there still would have been points on the board. What really should have it, it, happened. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, it was, I 100% agree. It was, I, I thought based on the rule, it shouldn't have counted. Right, right. And I agree. And, and or look, or call say, an errant whistle and a redo it down. Something along and, those lines. And let's say for fun, we flip the script. And Cincinnati's down four or five. Are, are we really not thinking that Joey B's marching that group down and scoring? Yeah, because there's, I there's do. a million different outcomes that, that could have For come sure from, there is. from that not happening. So to say, hey, this isn't the end of the game play that was that completely changed the outcome. It changed a section of the game, and then what happened after that could have gone any different direction. And this that's a great point because the, when you say that about affecting the end of the game, I immediately think of Saints, Rams, the pass interference that, you know, wasn't called in that whole thing that sparked the whole, we need to have PI reviewable. And then that was the case for a year. That one was definitely one where it was like, okay, that affected the game. 
So, and, oh, definitely. And, and this is how crazy that this entire, so Ian mentioned, there's no excuse not to have this. You know, he's having a child. A big component of that is in Canada, obviously school has been out for a long time. I have two kids at home. It has been an absolute grind. So doing this has been difficult. So in saying that, I actually thought that touchdown happened. How I remember it now, even though I watched the football game, was that it happened so much later in the game. It happened at the end of the at the at the end of the first half, guy. Like right. So the Raiders still had a chance to come back and win. They had the entire second half to win the football game. They scored six total points to the Bengals' six total points. No, they did not get hosed. They didn't deserve to win. Cincinnati won in unimpressive fashion. But we'll see. We'll see. They got their first playoff win in decades. And like you guys said, no one has ever texted about, about a Cincinnati Bengals playoff win. Speaking of underwhelming, Connor, what was the bigger disappointment to you in Super Wild Card Weekend? Was it the Dallas loss or the Cardinals loss? I want to say the Cardinals loss just because I like Kyler so much. But, I mean, it's got to be Dallas, right? They, didn't they, they led the league in turnovers. They had one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Like, and it, throughout various points in the game, San Francisco had key players go down that a good team should be able to take advantage of, whether it's for a short or a long stretch. Good teams take advantage of good players being out. Even the play call at the end, like, really, Dak, you've been playing football your whole life. Hand the damn ball to the umpire. Like, if you're that concerned about getting the playoff, like, get out of the way, hand the ball to him, make sure your guys are set right, even if you're a yard behind. Like, if you're going to run this play, you need to be ready to run this play and not fail at any point of it. So it's got to be the Cowboys. At the Cardinals, they're just – they were on a downward spiral that whole last third of the season, and this is – this is the end of it. And they played a really good Rams team that got healthy and got a lot of reinforcements. Cardinals fell off a cliff. Yes. Is what, <laughs> is what we yes. read. Yes. Right. Ian, what do you think? When buddy? Kyler, when Kyler got hurt in the middle of the season, I think he missed a month. They just never got back to form after that. Nope. Right. Like they never got year. the rhythm back. Hopkins was in and out. And I, I mean, the, the answer is very clearly the Cowboys. I mean, you know, this is a team that, you know, killed everyone in the division um, you know, as Connor said, lead the league in turnovers. By the way, if I ever hear the, you know, Trayvon Diggs is an elite corner bullshit ever again, you officially have, do not have my respect. Okay. Turnovers impressive, right? That dude was getting burned all the time by like Brandon Ayuk. Like it's, it's not Devonte Adams. Like what are we talking about? Brandon that Ayuk's Diggs thing couldn't... is like a good, that's a good way to check and see if someone's actually watching the games. Like yeah. It's well, a perfect way bro, to look at I a like Yankees Brandon fan. Yeah, it's a perfect way to look at a Yankees fan and say, hey, did you watch that Cowboys game? And if they think that they have like a deep cut and like throwing Diggs' name out and saying that he's playing well, that's like the quickest way to be like, oh, you're not watching. You know, cool. he, yeah. I th- you know he's this, also this an all-pro, right? So it's not just the casual fan getting this wrong. This dude's going this to Hawaii. This is a team though, Sean, this is a team that if things break right, they could talk themselves into being, I'm going to the Super Bowl. Right. Like you can, that was not a far cry. Right. And on the other side with Arizona, a tailspin in the season, Kyler got hurt, never got back on rhythm. And B, I, I don't know about you, but I haven't been given any reason to trust Cliff yet. And I never really thought Arizona was like, it's, you know, we weren't mid season going, Oh, everything runs through Arizona. I just never felt that way. They're still on sort of the, ascension right i mean regardless what happens this winter right regardless what happens with dallas like that team is changing that team is changing two wide receivers up at unrestricted free agency like this was the shot it's definitely dallas yeah i think dallas is definitely the bigger disappointment i think whoever who comes out of this with more egg on their face i still think it's arizona this team was number one in the nfl 10 weeks into the season they had they but were in the drive in the Rams, but, that, like, but, the, the, but I was just going to say, you have to take opponent into consideration. Sure. The 49ers are, are not better than the Rams, the Rams. And we're going to talk about the Rams later. They fucking steamrolled these. Guys. The Rams are the two best players in the game. Yeah, right. And and so every time they play, they have that. What What's more disappointing about Dallas is just. the So before I get to Dallas, Arizona, really quick. I think their record was like 10 and three with D hop and 
atrocious without him. So yeah, the Kyler thing was a big deal. But what D Hop does, even though he wasn't his most productive this year, is he slides those other guys down a ring. He makes AJ Green more effective. He makes Christian Kirk more effective. And they also couldn't establish the running game at all because because the Kyler kept throwing picks. So you couldn't get Chase Edmonds or James Conner to the game. But Dallas losing that football game at home when Fred Warner and Joey Bosa are not playing, as Connor pointed out, when you have all your weapons outside of Michael Gallup. Yeah, okay, I know Zeke was hurt, but he was the second best running back on that team all year anyways. So what are we talking like This is, they are, the, the, like that is a Toronto Maple Leafs loss. I know I bring it back to hockey. That is, that is the Toronto Maple Leafs sitting there with all the talent in the world, all these accolades during the season, everyone looking fantastic, and then they, and then they just shit on themselves. Ryan, are you going to go with Dallas or Arizona as the biggest disappointment? I'm going with Arizona. Ooh, like that. I mean, Dallas, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're disappointed. But they had a chance to win the game. Arizona had zero chance to win the game. Arizona, they looked completely out of sorts. They looked like they had zero game plan. Their players looked completely unprepared. Their coaching staff clearly did not get their players prepared. And, you know, their quarterback, who's – I really like, but completely shrunk in the moment. He was ter- absolutely terrible. You can't shrink any further. No. And like to me, and, and it just showed like the Rams are good, but like 49ers are a good team. And Dallas, play, like, it's, yeah, a just close, it's a close playoff game, right? So to me, Arizona looked like they didn't even belong in the playoff. So, and, and this is a team that was in first place in the NFC for most of the year. And like, I understand Kyler Murray got, was hurt for parts in the middle of the year, but he still played in the last six, seven weeks or whatever it was. So it's not like he couldn't get in the rhythm and Deandre Hopkins was hurt. Well, why, how are you so reliant on Deandre Hopkins that your offense completely, completely shits the bed in the playoffs, especially when he's not carrying it statistically. It's not like this dude was throwing up a 1800 yard season with 15 touchdowns when he got hurt. Right. This guy didn't eclipse a hundred yards once I think this year. So Again, I, I, but I did. All, of, all I'll say is, Ian, you can have the last word. All that I'll say is, but I think that's what makes it more disappointing. Exactly what you said. Arizona didn't look like a playoff team. They got run out of the gym. They didn't have a chance from the beginning. The home playoff team who had a chance to win and should have won on paper anywhere lost in embarrassing fashion on their home field. Their fans, there were 100,000 fans in that stadium literally dying on screen. That's disappointment. Cardinals fans turned the game off at half. I don't know. And maybe we're just getting the semantics. Ian, they, last word. There are like, there are three Kyler believers on this podcast, right? And, and to say that that belief, you know, got 10% less after that game, I think is fair. Right, you at least have some doubts. You know what I mean? And if, but if I am an Arizona person, yes, I have some Kyler doubts after that. But I've still seen so much good that I'm I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping all my Kyler stock. Who's the, who's the, the person that got hit the hardest? Is Cliff. is it me? Am I the non-believer? Is that who you're not counting? Uh, I don't know where you stand one way or the other. I just just wanted to, yes, don't count. I don't know where you stand one way or the other, but don't count me. The the cliff, the cliff thing is like a real problem, right? Like, you know, mid season, there are rumors going to go take a college job and all the, you know, red sea people on Twitter are like shitting their pants. And like, are we absolutely sure that he's the guy? I would be, I'd have super, super big concerns about that. If I was an Arizona fan. All right, let's let's do this one really quick. Let's go quickly around the horn. Demo, what did you guys think of the overall playoff format? And you can use also bring in the eighteen week season into this conversation, Connor. Were you a fan of the Super Wild Card Weekend, or where were your thoughts at? Tough for me to be mad when we finally got a Monday playoff game. Love that. that. That's from as, as a consumer. I'm happy we had a Monday night playoff game. That kicked ass. Yeah, did we Dude, have more for football? the love of God? If you need to make the season 21 weeks, just keep doing that. I don't care. Do what you gotta do to make that happen. Make the season five weeks. Just get no, don't do that. But you know, give me give me the Monday playoff game. I'm happy. I didn't like it. 
Although I, I, I and listen, I love football, but the two seven games were a, a, atrocious. They were both bad and understandably bad. And you can still have a Monday playoff game by playing one on Saturday, two on Sunday, and one on Monday. Again, this I don't think this is always going to be the case, but round one of Super Wild Card Weekend, to me, got an L. Round one in most sports outside of hockey, hockey. Which, is, which is a complete, you know, complete dice roll anytime you go to the playoffs. Like, that's how most sports are. Right. You don't see people, you know, we, we don't get all up in arms when, you know, we have to watch, um, I don't know, the Dodgers play like the Marlins in the first round of the playoffs. No, and it, them traditionally, and the Lakers the, playing the Pelicans or something. Right. And it being the shit of them. But it happens in all sports. So football would be stupid that a once every what every once in a while, you're going to get a we believe Golden State Warriors situation and, a, and you know, a, or, you know, like the team with the team that beat Virginia, right? Like that stuff's going to come through every once in a while. And if it, in in the times that it doesn't, it's free football. Everyone's still watching. Like anyone that's, you know, unless it's a player safety concern, which is a genuine concern. All the other stuff is like silly. Of course the NFL should do this. Okay. So two things, a, the NFL is absolutely going to do this. If anything, they'll expand the playoffs before they get rid of it. All that I would say is unlike the other sports, this is a single elimination game which means in my opinion that the regular season should count exponentially more than the, than the playoffs. It was just, sorry, not, the, not than the playoffs, that the regular season should have exponentially more value than the, than the other leagues that have seven or five game series. Right. So to me, even, even though the two seven seed was a blow, was a blowout, if a seven seed did beat the two seed, to me, I think that tarnishes part of the season. But again, that's just me yeah, being, that's just semantics. Dirk won the MVP and then lost in the first round. Like, right. But he had seven happens. games to do it. And he and they choked all the time. I mean, I don't know. Again, that's this, the beauty of it, right? Like, we, were we complaining when Virginia lost in March Madness? No, we were thinking it was fucking awesome and wanted it to happen again, right? Like, like I said, they're not changing anything. If anything, they go further. But to me, I wasn't the biggest fan. Ryan, last word. No, I liked it. I mean, more football. I, more I can't. Football. I'm not complaining. More football. I mean, I think this is a unique year where there was some blowouts I, last year this isn't the first year they've done it it's the second year they've done it last year there were some close games in the, the 2-7 i think last year wasn't a buffalo against somebody Buff, buffalo indy oh this was the first year no second year they had an well, last year season buffalo, last year last year the two seed was buffalo they beat indianapolis the seven seed 27 24 so it's it's close like it's it's the oh it's so they added, sorry they know. added the more playoff teams last year but this they year was the, the year week. yeah so the the yeah, the, the the playoffs, this is the second year of the extended playoffs. And there's still right. fewer teams that make the playoffs in the NFL than most sports, right? There's so there's only 14. So the NBA's got what almost everybody at this point, right? 20 or whatever. They got 10 on each side. And then we'll NHL's see. got 16. So we'll see. We also kind of got unlucky, right? That like Philly and Pittsburgh both got in. Like exactly what I was gonna you know, Jameis yep. doesn't get hurt. Well, that's New Orleans, or you know. The rate the Chargers are through their pants. Well, then I get Herbert, right? Like we just got unlucky. Could be, but to, again, I'll, I'll be the one outlier here. Uh, Ryan can have Arizona. I'll have. I have not liked the extended playoff so far. Let's get to fantasy because we're going to get to picks. But let's do some fantasy post mortem. So, to the listeners on this podcast, you guys know the four of us are actually in a big dynasty pool. Offense, defense on both sides. So, what we came into this, none of us won this year. It was. This other guy who wins all the damn time. And it's getting frustrating. Ryan, you came very close. You should have had it, but Herbert broke your heart in the end. So we want to know, and you can either go off of your fantasy team to relate to the general population, or you can just go general population as fantasy, uh, as, as we are with fantasy, uh, with fantasy sports. A player or situation that gives you hope for next season and a player or situation this year that broke your heart. Let's start positive. Ryan, what player situation gives you the most hope heading into next season, either for your dynasty team or as you head into a redraft league? I've uh, the, the guy, he's on my team. So he is a guy that I've, I've drafted and I drafted him relatively high, but the guy I'm, I'm taking is that I'm hopeful for is Michael Carter. And to me, he got off to a slow start. Like a lot of rookies did do and on a team that has, 
a rookie quarterback, young offense or a first year offensive coordinator, young offensive line, and they got he he got he had almost a thousand all purpose yards this year in fourteen games or whatever he played thirteen or fourteen games. He he finished top ten in yards after contact, and he finished top twelve in broken tackle rate. So he was he he put together a pretty solid year uh, for a young running back. And to me, the Jets have two top 10 picks. I, I would assume they're probably going to go offensive line again with one of them since it's not a strong, it doesn't seem like a very strong top 10s. But so if they go offensive line again, which would be the third year in a row in the first round, then they're going to end up with a pretty strong offensive line. And I think Michael Carter has all the tools I, to break out. I can't believe it wasn't Javante. I'm, I'm stunned. I, I, yeah, he, he's the obvious one. I wanted to go with somebody a little bit off the board. I love that. And he had the semi-crowded backfield coming into the, into the season. Like and, and he, he was really good. Ian, who's your, who's your player situation that gives you hope for next season? And you can't say, stick- can't say Derek what? Henry. Cause he's coming back to your lineup next year. Are you saying disappointing? No, no, no. Like what gives you hope? Derrick Henry's returning to your lineup next season. That should, that would give uh, I me mean, hope. That, I mean, that'll be nice. I, although they said today he's a steel plate in his foot, which doesn't make me feel excellent. Um, <laughs> Uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm sticking with Jets. I, I'm most excited about Elijah Moore. I really struggled to start the season. And I think, you know, um, that was partly Wilson struggling and, you know, then other quarterbacks come in and then, you know, all of a sudden one, of, you know, all of a sudden one of these weeks, he just, he, all of a sudden he gets it right. And I think that was what week eight weeks, week eight, week nine. Um, then week 11 went off for 141 and that, that is just a guy that I, I just, I I look at and I can see it, right? Like that is exactly the type of receiver that is going to flourish in today's NFL. That's exactly the type of receiver that's going to help a young quarterback. And, you know, the the same with Carter, you know, I, I got more early, not super early, right? He was a second rounder and I'm thrilled with it. I, I think he could have gone eight picks higher than he did. I'm thrilled with Elijah Moore. Connor, what gives you hope? Cam Akers, man. I was like pumped. I was pumped on Monday. I was pumped to see that he had that same burst. He looked good. He looked in but shape. But you don't own like, Akers. Doesn't no, have to. Can be doesn't, no, he doesn't have to. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm Akers just, is I'm, his man. I'm pumped to watch what he can do next year. When he had the Achilles injury, Like, I mean, we all talked about it instantly. We were like, this is – this is kind of scary because you don't know how he's going to come back. You don't know if he's going to have that burst. We don't know what the rehab's going to be like. Yada 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 yada. He looks and he looked like he looks insane. And they've had two different running backs this season where you can look at him and be like, okay, that's your bell cow. Like Henderson, first two thirds of the year, that's your bell cow. Michelle somehow through Henderson getting hurt and then is playing out of his mind, <laughs> bucks him. Okay, boom, another bell cow. This is your guy, and you're thinking, all right, week one of the playoffs, it'll be Michelle. If Acres is good. They move him. No, Acres instantly. Instantly, that Akers. injury, that injury to that tight, that player at that position in this sport to come back that soon is that, that that's like LeBron Cyborg stuff. I, where I like he sprained his ankle, think, should be out eight weeks, and he just walks back into the game. I legitimately think that he has a chance to be the most versatile running back in the NFL next year. Like him as a player, I, I love that dude, and I'm so happy to see that he's got his burst again. And I think that speaks to the Rams offensive line too. That no, they made. yes, obviously. Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, yes. all that. But and they're in a spot explosive. where they're going to be able to run it back, yada, yada, and yada. And prayers up so. to Buda Baker. Like he got absolutely truck sticked by Cam Akers. I, I felt kind of bad because you could tell, like, when Akers just thought that he rocked him, he was like, he was like doing the down, down thing. And then he when he realized, yeah, he was, he was actually like, hurt. He's like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Well, I'll do mine. Um, Like, I have an easy one, but the one that I actually chose. So I was going to go Jalen Waddle because he's been incredible. He looks great. I hate his QB situation and he still made it work. But even coming into this fantasy season, he was drafted in our first round, drafted as a wide receiver 44. So even in redraft leagues right off the bat, the dude was going to be on your bench, ready to fill in right away. So my uh, my hope goes to Amon Ross St. Brown. That's too. And absolute king guy was drafted wide receiver 199 in redraft leagues and ended up finishing wide receiver 24 
And if you look at his last six weeks, the average 16 and a half points. In a shit offense. Jared fucking Goff. With Jared fucking Goff. So he's nice. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, Hopefully it's not just a flash in the pan. So I mentioned Waddle. A few honorable mentions for me, and I know I'm sure Ian has a couple. I know Ryan has a couple. So just quick honorable mentions for me. Ramondre Stevenson, he he, he looked good in flashes. Stop he's, fumbling, but yes. He, he's always going to be in a crowd in backfield. But I think if you give this man the ball, there's going to be stuff that can come of it. And then Dawson Knox. Mm. Dawson Knox is going to be drafted as a tight end, you know, top 10, top five tight end next year. Has to. He's going he's gonna to get 12 yards, 12, uh, 12 receiving yards a game. He's going to get and a touchdown 14 or 14 touchdowns. Right, right. So those are my two honorable mentions outside of Jalen Waddle, who is just, just a boss. Ryan, who are your honorable mentions? Uh, the one guy I'm going to go with, I, my honorable mention is going to be Darnell Mooney. And if mm. he, All right, my guy. He is, every year, he's getting better and better. And nobody knows what's going on with Allen Robinson. And honestly, Allen Robinson was there last year, and Darnell Mooney is just better. Oh, we'll get so, to him. <laughs> so to me, Dar- Darnell Mooney, it's just how how high is the ceiling? Because every year he keeps breaking through it. So what's where's he where's he going to top out at? And I think if he gets a little bit more consistent quarterback play, he could be an excellent excellent wide receiver. Darnell Mooney, wide receiver, twenty one this year. Oh my wow. God, Ian. Any honorable mentions? Um, if you don't have any, we can just keep going. No, I. I you know, I, it's crazy how insane the wide receiver position is, though, right? Because, you know, I think in the draft, in the NFL draft, Amonra went behind, you know, I think guys like Amari Rogers, those type guys. And then he came in and, you know, blew the doors off. You know, Kadarius Tony was another guy that would go, you know, on the other side. I'm talking disappointing. Um, I'm talking disappointing, but he goes in the first round and then you see guys like Amonra and, and, and guys behind him outproduce him, you know, Elijah and others, Bateman, Bateman's another guy I really like. Um, I was going to mess around and say Josh Palmer just to, just to mess with Murph. But the, the guy, the guy that I honestly would be most excited about is obviously Jamar Chase, but Kyle Pitts, right? Like Kyle Pitts was being drafted really high. Everyone's, you know, sort of freaking out and redraft and everything else. And he, and he, and he went out and had like, a really good year, right? I think he was almost a thousand yard receiver. I mean, what what else could you have hoped for for Especially like a twenty one year old tight end? Say it again. Especially in that situation. Yeah, he became he became the number one guy when Ridley went away, and I, I just think you have to be super intrigued if you are a Kyle Pitts guy. Okay, can I just say one thing here? Like Ian brought him up, but Josh Palmer, I, uh, he was a guy I was also on my list. Obviously, it's a Toronto-based podcast here. A lot of us are from Toronto. So, Toronto guy, Josh Palmer. If if Mike, Mike Williams is a free agent. He's a free if Mike agent, Williams yeah. is not back in L.A., then, man, Josh Palmer, he got better as the year went on. He could be somebody who kind of takes a step forward next year. So, I texted into the group saying that I have one more honorable mention, and it was Josh Palmer. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Palmer. Yeah, it was Josh Palmer. Like I, I'm, I'm, he played really well towards the end of the year. The little bit, like the few chances he got early on, he took advantage of and earned the team's trust. Mike Williams, if he's smart, will get the bag somewhere and go. Uh, Josh Palmer's going to be in an awesome situation next year with a really good quarterback, and he has, he's got a big frame. He can like, I mean, really just reach his arms out and stretch away from almost every defensive back that he wants. That's not named Derwin James. He'd like he he's I think he's gonna have a stellar year next year. And unless you guys want to hear me talk about how Hunter Renfro had a thousand yard receiving year, I'm gonna shut up now. Oh, Hunter Renfro's he, I mean, a great one. He he's a great be, one. He has to be the guy. I mean, when we're talking, you know, we're when we're talking about this position next year, you're not getting to 17, 18, 19, and 20 at that position without talking about Hunter Renfro. No. And like I don't think he has the athleticism and the and like the bot that that Cooper Cup has. But Renfro, we could look at Renfro and and be like, holy shit, this guy had 1,600 receiving yards and like eight touchdowns. That That is not inconceivable. And by the way, when he was drafted two, three years ago, whenever that was, and you're watching him at Clemson, he looks like he's going to do your taxes. That is That was completely inconceivable then. Incredible season from Hunter Renfro. That's the thing. Like, he just... 
always that's the weird thing about this league man like guys that come into the league and can't handle the fact that they're finally at a level where they're not the best guy on their team and everything's not just being handed to them tend to struggle for a little bit and guys that are solid and work their asses off and especially the wide receiver position don't drop the ball they're patient when they get their turn they make the most of it i'm pumped for him I, i think it's awesome well let's get to who broke our heart and I'll go first because mine isn't great. <clears throat> because you had a fine season. But it was more the soul-sucking nature of watching him and his team play football for 18, 17 of the 18 weeks. And mine is James Robinson. He broke me to my core this year. He had a stretch between week three uh, and six. I had him everywhere. I, every, I had him yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Me too. I had him on every fantasy team. I drafted him in the second round in our pool. I had him in every redraft league except for the one with Ian. I, I had him everywhere. And the first two weeks I'm watching and I'm like, can you just give this guy the ball? But he's got Urban Meyer as a coach. Thanks, Ryan. And at the time, Trevor Lawrence, a young rookie quarterback who didn't know what the hell he was doing. And so... It was depressing. He finished his wide running back 25, which is not terrible. He had a, uh, his week three, his week six stretch. He averaged almost 20 points a week. But it, watching the Jags and watching this team and watching him, I, I couldn't do it. it. It broke me to my core. And now heading into next season, where I have him for three more seasons, when Travis Etienne is coming back, we don't know who their coach is going to be. We don't know who their skills position players are going to be. We don't know what their offensive line is going to be. I am broken by James Robinson. I can't Ryan. believe it wasn't Kenneth Murray. I wasn't going to go defense. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about Kenneth Murray. The guy, like, I could have said Lee Harrison. Is, like, eight straight, is eight straight zeros bad? Yeah, it's especially when he's actually on the field. Yeah, it's not great. And now, yeah, he was hurt for six weeks. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, not great. But no, we're not talking about Kenneth Murray. We're not talking about, talking about Malik Harrison, who I traded up to get in the second round, who got shot in the leg this year. Shouts out Drew Tranquil. James Robinson hurt me more than all those guys. All Kaiser those guys. White was an animal on that team. All right, uh, Connor, go ahead. Who's who's your uh, break your heart? Uh, I'm going to keep it in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, my my donkey brainness thought that I'd get some garbage time points out of Lawrence. I said that before the season started. I was like, if Bortles could do that in Jacksonville, why the hell can't Lawrence? Well, I didn't take into account that Dabo's a sack of shit that never wanted to develop any of his players in the first place, and Deshaun Watson was an outlier. Um, and then Urban never had to develop anybody at any level he's ever coached ever. And, you know, fuck me, right? That was stupid, and I should have known better. So, hand up. My bad. No, let it out. Tell me. That, what did you it. see? No, hang on. What did you see from Lawrence heading into, and this is, I'm not fucking with you, heading into the, the pre-draft process. We do our draft in July. What did you see that excited you that made you that allowed you to jump to nine to get him that you didn't see on the football field this year. Cause I think, I think I know the one thing you'll say, but I I have a feeling that this may not just be one. Well, it's two things. One, they didn't let him use his legs at all. There was, I think it was week two or three. They finally like ran a few design runs for him and it worked and they were moving the ball. And for whatever reason, they just stopped doing it. I have no, it makes zero sense to me. And like he, he himself can set the edge for you. If you just let him pull the ball and run here and there, I get it. Young kid, first time, first year playing at this level, you don't want him to get hurt, but also if you're going to do the trial by fire thing, you need to like, he needs to learn how to do this because this is arguably his best skill set. Like he is so good at running the ball. It's insane. Like insane, insane, insane. If that's his I'm best skill set. We should be burying our heads in the sand at this point. I look, no, but that's the thing. Like, Connor that's saying, how good he is with his legs. Right. As an I understand athlete. his arm talent's insane, but like, no one ever talks about how good this guy is with his legs. But that's why his like, ability to can, set. We saw it more in week sorry. 18, where you combine his legs with his arm. Yeah, you have to let him do all that. Yeah. Yes. And that's the thing. But that's the thing. And he helps his whole team out when he does that because if he alone can set the edge for you, then James Robinson opens up more. Like, if he's going to play between the tackles every fucking down you need to use Lawrence's legs to help you do that and keep the defense honest. The second thing is I'm worried we've punted on a year of development where you need to learn how to read defenses. Super simple offense at Clemson. I, I'm kind of worried about what they're going to do next, because if they don't knock this higher out of the park, it's 
we kind of talked about with jury Judy in our chat too, like punting on two years of development's not good. It's hard. It just makes it impossible to hit your ceiling. And the it's spooky. It's spooky season in Jacksonville. Anyone else want to talk about Jacksonville? Brian is, is your player uh, Marvin Jones? Because he wasn't in your lineup in the last week of the, the playoffs. Is your player play in Jacksonville? I traded Marvin Jones, so oh, that's why he wasn't in your lineup. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, my my most disappointing is I'm going with Terry McLaurin. And Told you, Sean. He and I'm not really sure if it's Terry McLaurin as much as just the situation. And Without question, Terry's amazing. Like Terry Definitely McLaurin, he, the he situation. Had, he had he had his good games, which were. You know, he had a couple hundred hundred yard games and 120 yard games, but there were games where he just did nothing. And it was like Washington needs a quarterback. I, I, I love the story of Heineke, but he's not an NFL starting quarterback. He's a backup. He's a probably pretty good backup, but they got to find a quarterback. And, you know, Terry McLaurin, I had very high hopes for when I when they got Fitzpatrick, who can throw bombs down the field. Um, but, you know, he's for him to finish. I mean, he wasn't horrible. He finished I think, outside, just outside the top 20, but I had top 10 hopes for Terry McLaurin. So I, I was disappointed in him. Lower than Darnell Mooney. Where Sorry do those hopes it. go when they draft Matt Corral? <laughs> Nowhere. Go up eventually. <laughs> Maybe not immediately. I know I, they go up, but do they skyrocket? Is it a steady climb? Is it steady climb? Okay. All right, Ian, give us, give us your biggest heartbreak. I, I got two. Um, go ahead. It was a heartbreaking year. Um, the first one is just all rookie quarterbacks in general, right? I think we can, uh, we talked about this today. I, I think, you know, we, we very well established that Mac can be a, you know, system quarterback with some upside Jimmy G style, right? At, at, at the very minimum, right? That's what we saw. With the others, I saw absolutely nothing. You know, I think Wilson, he'd make like two throws a game where you're like, okay. And then he'd make 10 where you're like, what the fuck? You know, Lance we, Lance is totally incomplete. Um, Fields, I, I thought, Nagy aside, extremely underwhelming and disappointing. And Ryan already got, or Connor already got into Lawrence. Hold so, on. What about Davis? I was getting there. Ah, oh, sorry, buddy. It's okay. What Davis put on tape was phenomenal. And the fact, the fact that he was drafted in our pool at all bordered on, it bordered on like insanity at the time. His name went off the board and I was stunned, like absolutely stunned. I, I, I thought about it. My wife was pregnant through August. I was thinking about it all through August. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he went. And what he did after that was unbelievable. That team, that team had the same win, amount of wins this year as it did with Deshaun Watson last year. That is absurd. That is absurd. What Mills put on tape is great. The rest of the rookie quarterback core, though, very disappointing. The, the, the second thing is, you know, just a big group of receivers that all happen to be on one team. A.J. Brown, disappointing and injured. D.K. Metcalf. You know, he finished with 12 touchdowns, but the only reason we're talking about it is because he, you know, at the end of the year when everyone was out of it, he had like six or seven under a thousand yards. Cortland Sutton, my God. I as a as Connor's a, Connor's a Jerry Judy guy, he knows what I'm talking about. And last was and the most disappointing of all was Allen Robinson. 400 yards receiving in 12 games, just completely inexcusable. So that that group of receivers, and by the way, I Terry doesn't fit in that group. Terry was better than that group, but that group in general, extremely disappointing. Talk about guys I had everywhere. I had Robinson on like every damn team. Cause he's an automatic thousand yards, automatic 400 this year. Ridiculous. Let's stop the heartbreak there, boys. We're not can even going to do honorable. Can mentions. I say one positive thing that came out of the heartbreak? Sure. Just for, just for the sake of keeping receipts. When we did our mock drafts for our league, I had Davis Mills as a first rounder. What? I had Tampa taking him at the end of the first round. Oh my oh. god! Oh my god! I thought you meant in our dynasty pool. I, I thought you meant in our dynasty. No, 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 no. Got it. But when Got we it. did our mock drafts right. to see who would, yes, interesting. Let's let's end the heartbreak and let's move on 
Davis the, goddamn Mills. What a the, freaking legend. That to draft. the divisional round of the playoffs. And let's start with none of Hold other. on. Quick question. I have to ask. I have to ask. Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Davis Mills? Trevor Lawrence. And, and bet your life on it. I'm not betting my life on either of those fucking. Would guys. you bet your life on Lawrence over Mills? I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet my life on that. Would no, you? but I, I bet my money on it. I wouldn't bet my life on it. Brian, would you bet your life on that? Lawrence over Mills? No. Which, money. by the way, six months ago Wait, was but, completely inconceivable. Yeah, but like, do I have to pick one or the other? Yes. Well, yeah, that's that's you have, well, I have to bet against one of them. Yes. Okay, then I'm picking Lawrence for sure. Not even right. not, without even a question. Yeah. But yeah. if you had to bet your life on Lawrence, would you feel good about it? <laughs> Ian. I'd feel a lot better than Mount Davis Mill. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. I had it all, sure. Guys, I had it all teed up. We are all ready to go. Cincinnati Bengals are visiting the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are favored by three and a half points. First game on the Saturday. Ryan, tell us why you're taking the Bengals. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the Bengals. I, I and honestly, I was I was excited when I when they got this matchup. And not because Tennessee's not is a bad team, but just because I'd rather play Tennessee than Buffalo or Kansas City in the playoffs. But um, to me, it's going to be a close game. The I think they're relatively evenly matched. Derrick Henry is back, and the but the Bengals do have a top five run defense. They've got fast if linebackers. Healthy. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like Hendrickson's going to play. I mean, he's Hendrickson is, was back at practice today, so it looks like he'll play. Ogunjobi won't, which will definitely hurt the run defense. But they still got DJ Reader in there, who's a real good run stuffer. I mean, it, but it's a whole different animal when you're talking about Derrick Henry. But what worries me, if I'm if I'm a fan of Tennessee, what would worry me the most is the weakest part of Tennessee is their pass defense and very very inconsistent pass rush. So if Tennessee has that going and they get their pass rush going and put a little bit of pressure on Burrow and they need to find somebody to cover three wide receivers and, and honestly at this point in uh, the tight end Uzoma, they got to like, there's just so many weapons on Cincinnati's offense. So to me, if Cincinnati's defense plays well, then Bengals win this game. At the end of the day, the only part of it that matters is Burrow. If Burrow is going to go out there and throw up 35, that's just what it's going to come down to. Because the, the defense, although it performed well, is susceptible in all kinds of different ways in Tennessee. Right? So, you know, if that, if that defense and that front four isn't getting, or that front group, I should say, isn't getting pressure on Joe, I, I could see some upset potential here. I mean, the, the, I don't love the Bengals. Like I think Zach still makes mistakes and everything else, but you know, I don't trust Tennessee. I'm sorry. Like, I think it's great. They got the one seed. They won some huge games. I just don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And they lost, they lost some bad ones. They, they were a weird team because they, they beat every good team on their schedule and they lost lost to the Texans and the Jaguars. And and all I know, all I know is that whoever wins in the bills and chiefs game, and by the way, it's, almost a war crime that that has to be a, a divisional game, not a, not a conference game. That team, whoever wins is going to absolutely blast this team. So enjoy it while it lasts Bengals and Titans fans. So who are you? Picking? I got the Bengals. All right, there we go. So I, I never loved the Titans. Just watching them. Never really anything special jump off the page outside of Derrick Henry. And they're 20th in DVOA. That's really bad. That's really bad. The Bengals are 16th. And that's with a Bengals team that, again, could walk into Arrowhead if they wanted to and win, but then come home and play against the, the Texans and lose. It's the same, the, the same, they have the same type of demons, these two teams. But, you know, you mentioned good wins. They, the Titans beat Seattle in week six. Indy, the Bills, Kansas City, Indy again, the Rams, the Saints, and San Francisco. That doesn't include where they beat their own division up. When they when they won it, <coughs> when they won at home, so I'm really torn because those wins are good good wins. And you look at the Bengals, their best win obviously that Kansas City win was great, 
that was honest could be defining for this franchise. Next best win was what at Baltimore, probably where they hadn't won forever. And then they beat Baltimore again with Hunley and yeah, Hunley, right? The the backup there. Hunley, yeah. Yeah, Hunley, yeah. To me, the over is a lock. If you're going to bet anything here, bet the over. There's going to be a bunch of points in this game. Fuck. Go ahead. I'm not going to make a pick yet, Connor. Go ahead. I I didn't have a pick for this one in. Don't overthink it. The Bengals survived the Raiders' pass rush. Titans aren't doing that. Their secondary sucks. Bengals. All right. I'm taking the Titans. And, again, the the three and a half sucks. Because I way. I love if Joe. Vegas believed in Tennessee, this line would be five and a half or six. Yeah, but they the, don't. The new home field advantage is two and a half. So they don't. They don't. So believe, they believe if, they believe on a neutral field the Titans would be favored by a point. That's what they believe. But it also the public comes into into this consideration because of Derrick Henry. This line opened at three. It's moved to three and a half. So people are betting on the Titans and they're trying to give more incentive for the Bengals. Again, this to me is a toss-up. I would not bet this game. I would bet the over. That's what I would bet. If I was picking something for this game, I'm picking the over. But we have to make picks. So I am going to take the Titans. Let's go to the next game. Let's start with you, Connor. The 49ers are visiting the Packers. The Packers are favored by six. It's a night game. Should be cold. Who do you got? I got the Packers to win the Super Bowl, and uh, can't do that if you don't win your first playoff game. I got the Packers. I got the Packers minus six. You can win and not cover, though. So you're cool no, with the I minus agree. six. I agree, but I, I, as much as I, yeah, I'm still taking the Packers. I was going to make you? this a whole Aaron Rodgers not being able to pronounce immunized thing, but that's been played. <laughs> Ian, are, are Warner and Bosa playing? You'd have to assume they are. Bosa, I think concussion. I'm not sure. The Warner thing looked bad. Um, the way the 49ers win is if Debo Samuel goes more bananas than he's gone this season. And by the way, how do we talk about, you know, people that we loved and not mention Debo? Like, I mean, if he isn't one of the 10 best players in the league, I- I'm sorry. You're just not watching. Um, but this is Green Bay, man. You know, like. Aaron's going to go out there and throw, you know, three touchdowns in the first quarter and a half, potentially. Like, how does how does a Jimmy team respond to that? Right. I mean, with, with Dallas, you can always sort of rely on, you know, them pulling their pants and doing a Leafs thing. So I just Rogers sort of last dance potential in Green Bay, you know, even though he's a turd, they feel destiny ish. Ryan, you got the Packers as well? Oh, I'm definitely taking the Packers. I, I like San Francisco a lot, but Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley and whoever else they got in that secondary is going to get absolutely eaten up by Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers not losing this round. I, I think Packers will win. I think they'll win relatively handily. I wish we were picking this game on Friday because I wish we knew if Warner and Bosa were a full go. And the reason I say that is because we're filming this episode on the Wednesday. But, but this will not come out until Friday. Green Bay's just getting its act together. Back to and they're getting, healthy. They're healthy. Darius Smith coming back. I just don't like it. So the Rodgers is 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. His hometown team. He's 0-3. You know, I like trends. But what screams to me, you mentioned if they liked the Titans so much, they would have made it. Uh, they would have made it five this- and a half. This would have been seven because now you can tease this game with in Vegas. Now you can tease this game to the Packers could lose by a point or just win outright. And you could take this with the over and the the chiefs and the bills game and a tease. And you're laughing your way to the bank. I had the 49ers written down, but I think Bosa and Warner not being at a hundred percent, Jimmy G not being at a hundred percent. I, I'm going to go with Rodgers. I think he wins this game. The next one, I don't know about, but I think he wins this game and I think he wins by a touchdown. So we're all going to be on Green Bay for this. However, no, no, no. I'm sticking with it. I'm going with the Packers. 
<clears throat> to me, one of the questions that we didn't ask in what happened last week was who was the most impressive team that came out of the Super Wild Card weekend? And I think there are three candidates, and all of them are in these next two games. Starting with the Rams visiting the Bucks, the Bucks laying three points. So my first question to all of you is were the Rams or the Bucks the most impressive team this weekend, or was it the Bills? And second question is who is winning this, who is covering this football game? Ian, let's start with you. Without Godwin, I have the best player to take away Mike Evans. So, you know, unless we're getting a throwback Gronk game or Tyler Johnson, right? I like the Rams. To me, they weren't the most impressive team out of the weekend. To me, that was Buffalo, who took a top-tier defense and just just it, it was it was like hurtful. It was it was very personal. For this one, though, do we get an Aaron Donald game? But Ramsey taking away Evans matters. And now th- this this Rams linebacking core is is putrid. So that could cause some issues if, the, if you know, Lenny comes back and things like that. But I, I got the Rams here. And, and by the way, the one thing I will say, too, is that if this, this line is kind of in the middle, it feels like if Vegas really loved the Rams, this would probably be a, a two and a half. And the reason it's not is because they're on a short week coming west to east, which we always hate picking against. But True. we'll get to that. We'll get to my my pick after. Connor, who do you got? You got the Rams, you got the Bucks. Uh Ian took my only point about Ramsey eliminating Evans. And unless Gronk has over 150 receiving and two touchdowns, I don't see how the Bucks are going to be able to do this. Or or you get a and random Lenny game. Not not just that, but I mean that the Bucks secondary, with the exception of Winfield, is not good. It's just not. So there you go. Ryan, are you taking Tampa? Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa. I th- I like the Rams. I-, I think Tampa's got more depth than the Rams. I think the Rams are kind of more star-studded, high-profile top guys. But, you know, Tom Brady doesn't lose these games. And I, it, with to me, with I think Tampa's defense is extremely underrated. I think they can they, the way that they can stuff the run with guys like Vita Vey up the middle. Um, they get a good they get a good pass rush. They got fast linebackers, a pretty good secondary that's healthier now than it's been most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm not betting against Tom Brady at this point. I, I think I think the Bucks win this one at home. I don't disagree. The only thing I would say though is that like the problem in years previous was that the Rams defense was great, but if they got down, they had Jared Goff and they were totally screwed. And I have Stafford concerns. The last half of the season to me was very concerning, but they can score now. Right. And that's why it feels like it could be close. I I think it'd be close. I think it'd be close. (laughs) Tom versus Stafford. Like, what are we doing? Right? Why? Why are we overthinking this? Right? Maybe it is. Tampa. Yeah. I mean, and like nobody, nobody blitzes more than Tampa. Tampa is going to send so many different people. Like there, this is going to come down to honestly, a lot of this could come down to Tampa's pass rush that is going. They're going to send blitzers nonstop at Stafford against the Rams O line. And again, this this game with all these superstars could come down to something as simple as that and, and how well Stafford handles that in a pressure situation that he's never been in. I, I think it's going to be more on how McVay handles that pass rush. Honestly, I, having acres back helps a ton with that because you can at least scheme early and try to like run some screens. You can try to get the ball out of his hands quick to cup. It gives you more options options than just getting the ball to cup quick and praying that it keeps the defense honest. I love going last because you guys always kind of convey my points beforehand it's like we've done this before i think that tom betting against him at home in a playoff game is ridiculous i also think 
that the Rams were the most impressive team last weekend because they showed something last week that they have not shown all year. Their offensive line dominated that entire game. Matt Stafford did not have to do a lot, but when he did, he made it work. And I think to your point, Ryan, about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blitzing, the outlet of Cooper Cup being there is is the biggest benefit that he has. If we're talking about that their best player was Van Jefferson, then they're in trouble because he needs time to get it to Van. We're talking about Cooper fucking Cup. And OBJ, OBJ's balling right now. Um, I think the biggest discrepancy in the entire game, though, is the linebacker, the linebacking cores. Ian, you mentioned it. The discrepancy between, so what's bigger? The discrepancy between the Rams wide receiving core or the, and the Tampa Bay wide receiving core or the linebacking cores between the two teams. Because Levante David and Devin White are by far the two best linebackers on the field. It's not even close. So that's my concern is they can control that game. And I was watching NFL Live or something the other day, and they were saying that Tampa has really come back into their own like they did last year, where Levante does the stuff that you got to think about, the coverage, the, the, the zone blitzing, where, and Devin White's just rushing A-gaps and just, just running around. He's just being Devin White. But I think the Rams are built for this. And, and I'm not saying the Rams are going to win, but when it's a three-point spread, if it's less than seven, if you're going to take the underdog, you have to think that they can win. I think the Rams can win. Do I think they will? No. But with a field goal game, I'll take the Rams and the points. Let's get to the game of the weekend. The Bills are at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and the Chiefs are favored by two points. Ian, two points. Any thoughts? Are we absolutely sure that Mahomes is better than Josh Allen? Like, are we are we one hundred percent sure? You're one hundred percent sure. sure. Uh, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> are, are you are you one hundred percent sure? Like Everyone, in a vacuum, or are we talking situ like each person being in a good situation? Because I think no, no, no. All things considered, I, I think it's a push. Current player. Where they are, how I think if you play. put both teams on the Jags, I think Pat Mahomes wins more games. Right, but I think all things considered, both guys. But that's not what I'm asking. Situation, it's a push. I'm asking, like, if we're talking about outside of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, the old guard, who is the better quarterback? It's not about who, how they play. If they're on fucking Jacksonville, it but, is a, it is a, a no doubt snap judgment. Oh no, it's not a no doubt snap judgment. Are we absolutely sure that Allen isn't better than Mahomes? Because I wouldn't say I'm for sure, but I'm not absolutely sure. Like, like I kind of feel like I know, but I don't know. Because what Allen did to that defense was, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd have have hurt feelings. I'd have really hurt feelings. You know, and, and part of my thing too is, you know, Kansas City, they are peaking at the right time. And I think that matters. It absolutely matters. But I, I still don't know that if this team gets all the way back there, that they've sort of fixed their issues from last year. Maybe Honestly, I, I may just be looking through this through rose-colored glasses because I really want the Bills to win. I love Josh Allen. He is by far my, you know, other than Derrick Henry, he's by far my favorite player in the league to watch. I mean, he's just amazing. I want them to win. So I'm going to do what you're not supposed to do and bet that they're going to win. I love it. But we're not sure. We're at, we, you can't lie. We're not absolutely 100% sure that Josh Allen is worse than Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You're 1,000% you're sure. Like, bet your life on it. Yes. This one, I'm not just using my money. I'm bringing my life into this one. There's no crazy injuries this week, um, which is good. So both teams are coming in pretty healthy. CEH is questionable, but it doesn't matter. This is Jarek McKinnon's team now. He's been great for them. I am cheering for the Buffalo Bills. I'm cheering for them. But I have a rule. If Patrick Mahomes is favored by less than three at home, I am taking the Chiefs every single time. Even though they never covered before, they have covered what feels like 10 of the last 12 games. 
So I'm going to take the Chiefs, even though, Ian, as we watch this game, I will be cheering for Josh Allen because I agree. I love He's love. so much fun. Like, now, they are the two most – I don't want to disrespect Aaron Rodgers because what he does on a football field is out of this world. No, it's like no one I've ever seen. But watching, but watching Mahomes and Allen play football, it's just different. It's electric. They're playing a different sport. Aaron Rodgers, to me, plays football the best. A quarterback of football, if you were, if God were to come down right now and build one out of clay, he would build, he would build Aaron Rodgers, which makes what Tom Brady has done over his career all the more impressive. But watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes play football is so unique and exhilarating that I cannot wait for this football game. I pray to God that my son stops having night terrors so I can just enjoy this from start to finish. But I got a rule. People have rules. I'm going to take Pat Mahomes. And I don't care if the over is 65. I'm taking the over in this. Connor, we'll go to you. Last word to Ryan. I think what the Bills have done so far is very impressive. The thing that makes this tough to bet for me is I really, I think that Chiefs defense that struggled early on still exists. And I think they turned it around when other teams, I mean, mid-season, that's when you get into your depth. Other teams start getting, you know, they have injury issues. They play on short weeks. They get tired. Their defense didn't, I, unless I'm missing something, I, I don't know that their defense took many hits. I think they just weirdly stayed healthy and maintained everything. And as the season went on, they improved. I really want to bet against the Chiefs. I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Bills. I'm taking the Bills. All right, Ryan. What do yeah, we I'm going with Kansas City. Oh, I, for a lot of the right. same reasons that you had, Sean. I, to me, after last week and entering this, this, the Kansas City is still the scariest and well-rounded team in the AFC. Um, and at, you know, Buffalo is right there. It's going to come down to whoever has last possession and. And honestly, at this point, you know, in a high-pressure situation, I'm taking Mahomes over Josh Allen. I, 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 until I see Josh Allen go week after week doing it, then I will, I'm going to stick with Mahomes. Mahomes, Mahomes to, at the end of the game, to win the game, to move on to the you know, conference finals, then to me it's, the, it's Kansas City. I think Kansas City wins this game. Holmes won a Super Bowl, and even last year when he was losing, was was sideways, throwing balls, hitting people in the face because they couldn't catch a football. Yeah, and and Josh Allen is meeting linebackers in the hole and and winning that battle pretty frequently. So so, no, I I don't think that Allen is better than Mahomes, to be clear. Okay. You better make that clear. clear. (laughs) But I wouldn't bet my life on it either. Like the gap, Allen has made the gap so slim now. I still lean Mahomes because there's there's just that level of excellence that he's hit already between MVPs and Super Bowls and everything else that we just haven't seen from Allen. So the trust thing I get, I just think what Allen and the Bills have done is so commendable that I can't help but root for them. Yeah, I, I'm, but like, so like I dropped, Buffalo was impressive last week and they were really good. But we're, we're acting like Patrick Mahomes didn't just throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Like, it's very they, true. Like, <laughs> like, like nobody. To Byron Pringle four. and like all crazy people. And he knows yeah. what it takes to win. For yeah, sure. Exactly. All right. There's boys. no disagreement. Mahomes is amazing. I just, I thought it. You wanted to, to ask the question. I am with you. To be asked. Hey, but imagine being a team in the AFC right now and you're watching the three of the four teams in these. Final four of the AFC have 25 year old quarterbacks that are just dominant, like Burrow and Allen and Mahomes. Like, how do you even? I'd love to threw Burrow in there, <laughs> but it's true. They're all Burrow's 25 dominant. years old. No, I love but it. Like, I thought, thought you were going to say, yeah. and they have, oh no, just Tom Brady's in the NFC, but I, I love, I love that you threw Burrow in there. That's great. And not, you know, Lamar Jackson or something. I feel like I need to call my dad's family because they're all Broncos fans and just like check in and just like make sure they're okay. But how do you have yeah. a hope? The Bills and the Chiefs. That's the in thing. It's just like 
you do you do okay during the like the winter and fall and you guys doing all right everything good i mean at, at least in the nfc like rogers is 38 brady's brady's four right like at least you've Even got stafford's 30s yeah exactly but the afc man these young quarterbacks but we can agree the winner of this team goes to the super bowl correct stop yes. it ryan stop no. it yes 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 it's a certain okay. orange and black team Bengals. <laughs> all right last one before we get out of here really quick we were going to do like the whole mvp offensive player of the year defensive player of the year that whole thing but ian pointed out that it is beyond cut and dry Easy. so unless you have a, a disagreement the mvp is going to be aaron Rodgers. the offensive player of the year is going to be cooper cup the defensive player of the year is going to be aaron donald the or tj watt one of the two we'll put them both there it, it should be donald but, but it's go probably going to be TJ. The offensive rookie of the year tied the record. Yeah, the offensive rookie of the year is going to be Jamar Chase. The defensive rookie of the year is going to be Micah Parsons. Are there any debates about any of these? No, I, I, I mean TJ Watt wins defensive player. Yes. Of the year after. So let's yeah. TJ he has to as good right. as Aaron Donald is. You just have yeah. Aaron Donald remains the best defensive player. First of all, best defensive player ever, but the best defensive player in the league. But it's like LeBron. We just get tired of seeing. Player. Best player in the league. But then why? Very but Cooper Cup was the best player in the NFL this year. So why can't he just be the MVP is my question. Are we just making the MVP just... Aaron, Aaron Rodgers it, was the best player in the league. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Aaron, sorry, both guys were the best players Aaron, in the league. Both names are Aaron. But no, but Aaron Rodgers, this wasn't even better than other MVP seasons. That, right, that's how ridiculous he is. No, I had it, down it wasn't the MVP. No, no. Cooper Cup was the triple crown winner as a wide receiver. A wide receiver can't affect the game like a dominant tackle. So or then, a so then, don't call it MVP. Just call it the quarterback award. No, he. Best quarterback. Rogers was the best player. No, Cooper yeah. Cup was the best player. That guy walked in basically off the street after complaining all summer about his contract situation and being there, and then just fucks around and wins the MVP. Like. I don't want to hear this. No, it's Rogers. No, what you're going to hear is it shouldn't be the MVP. It should be the quarterback award. So let's call it there. Boys, this has been great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Murph, Coach Colville, thanks again for coming. Enjoy divisional playoffs. Ian, sign us off, boy. Boys, it's great to be back. Hopefully, we've got some more coming. Stay safe out there, everybody.